0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Series entitled Essentials. And uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, actually we have the acronym, DOCTRINE, and that's why the seats seem a little bit light, but this is the serious stuff. Now, if there was something I was going to miss, I'd miss that other stuff. I'd be here for this but we're in the end today new creation and uh, we're going to have to do a little bible study before we get into our place of of emphasis but we're going to learn we're going to grow and we're going to leave here in large all because we we dug in today let, let me pray for you and we're going to get started father i thank you for your word that shall not return unto your void but Lord, it shall accomplish your purposes, and we, we're just grateful, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen. amen. We're in uh, James chapter 2 and verse uh, 26, and what we talk about today can be a game changer if you listen closely. I think some of the question, question marks you have over certain passages of scriptures and, and certain things in the Bible, I think, will become clearer as you hear uh, today's message. We're going to do a lot of jumping, so put on your your running shoes, but if you can't keep up in your Bible, again, the screen should keep up. James chapter 2 and verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead. Now, death in the scriptures never, ever, ever indicates non-existence. All it indicates is the separation of the immaterial self from our material self physical death is a separation as we just read of the spirit from the body but spiritual death is simply the separation of our spirit from god so at the core of our understanding of what death is is this term separation Now, we were never designed for death. That's why it's so painful when we experience it. And actually, the Bible calls death God's final foe. Let's dig in a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25. It says, for Jesus must remain till he has put all enemies under his feet. And guess what the last enemy is? And the last enemy that will be what destroyed is death. I want you to take special note today that death is not God's friend. It is Jesus's enemy. Now today, Christ reigns in the midst of his enemies. But there's coming a day when, 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 when his enemies will be completely annihilated. They will exist no more. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more poverty. There'll be no more sin. None of that will exist at all ever again. You know, the worst thing that can happen to an enemy is for them to live long enough to watch you succeed. Luke 15, 22, stay with me. And we're going to visit the story of the the prodigal son, and we're all familiar with, with this parable, and we know the son comes to his dad, or went to his dad, and wanted his inheritance early, and... And then he left his father with the inheritance and then he squandered it and uh, everything the dad worked for all of his life everything that had been passed down through the generation he just went out there and he squandered it; had no value uh put place no value in it and it was just a terrible terrible situation the jews that were listening to this this narrative were almost gnashing their teeth saying, he need to whip that boy you need to beat that boy you need to deal with that boy and and all this has gone on but let's pick up in the middle of the uh parable verse 22. But the father said to his servants, and this really, you know, those listening made no sense. You need to deal harshly with a child like that. But this father was very different, like our father, God. He said, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And by the way, God saves the best for last. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Skip to 24. For this, my son was dead and is alive again now here's the question first who's speaking here jesus how many think jesus might know what he's talking about okay now did the son stop existing while he was away from the father no but jesus used the word dead to describe the broken relationship between the father and the son You see the son's like a lot of us he 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 lost his rubies over pennies and and that's what we do We, we 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 lose our our diamonds what's valuable trying to pick up stuff that really has no value and worth in life anybody ever been there yeah then he went on watch this he was lost so he uses these two clauses if you will to describe the condition of his boy dead Live. Then he says lost in what? Found. Now, something lost does not necessarily stop existing. It's just unreachable. Inaccessible at that moment. And you see, death occurs any time we lose connection with things that really matter. And many of us are the walking dead. Stay with me. Genesis 2 and 17. I want you to remember what God said to our great, great grandparents. He said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not, you must not, guys, do not eat it. For in the day, now if we're going to communicate, you got to mean what you're saying and, and the person on the other side of what you're saying needs to understand what you mean. And at this point, a day meant a day. He said, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely what? No question mark. Amen, amen, verily, verily, you shall what? Surely what? Die. Die. But Adam went on to live hundreds of more years. Actually, the Bible says, I believe he lived to about 930 years of age. Like I said last week, this is important. Physical death is not the greatest tragedy in life. The true tragedy in life is what we let die inside while we live. And he said, and this is tragic, he said, in the day, Adam, Eve, you eat of it, you shall what? Surely, it's emphatic, die. Now, here's the deal. If you don't understand Adam and Eve's perspective, how they were living and, and, and their uh, frame of reference, it kind of looks like when I read this the first time, you know, 30 years ago or so, you know, I said, Lord, you know, what you said didn't happen. They went on to live. In fact, you know, you, you, you put some clothes on them, then they have uh, Cain and Abel, and then they have Seth. And Lord, you said in that day, and I was like, I'm not so sure about this book I'm reading. But here's the deal. Originally, mankind, humanity, we were wired to see from the inside out. Now, over time, we started seeing from the outside in. Okay. You say, that's your opinion. Well, I'm going to dig in here in just a moment. But remember what Samuel, what God said to Samuel? He said, man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart and in the garden, Adam and Eve were like God. They fellowship with God. They communed with God in his image and likeness. And, and they they looked, I mean, if you looked at them, you, you, you would see that the spitting image of the father and the way they function was very different than how we function today. Genesis three and seven, we're going to see this very, very clearly. Moses said, then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were open because they ate the fruit. It wasn't that this fruit was magical. It was because they did what God said not to do. And, and uh, who you obey is your Lord. Who you disobey, you know, it, it can't become your enemy. And that's what, what happened here. And they what? Realized. That's why I chose you. The, because they never realized before if they realized at this moment. Okay. The New King James Version said they saw, meaning they had not seen before. But at this point, they realized they were naked. Men, this is the men, just the men. Can you imagine having such a deep connection with your wife that you never notice her jigglies? This is church I had to say a certain way. I mean, all that time, you never noticed what she was working with. You never paid attention to the things that waggle, wiggled and shake, which never never, ever I, I mean, I understand being deep and not always noticing. But never noticing Eve's physique. You see, for all of their relationship, pay attention here, they only saw each other from the inside out. It was only after they sinned. That they saw from the outside in. So they were shocked. And basically they panicked. Insecurity immediately surfaced, because there was misunderstanding between them for the first time, because they couldn't see into each other the way they used to. So immediately they began to hide and sowed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. They began to live like we live today, covering it up and uncertain about what the other person really thinks. Now you may wonder when when you get to heaven, am I gonna have those six pack abs that I've been working so hard for? (laughs) Well, the good news, if you really want it, probably, But the bad news is, nobody's going to care. Nobody. In heaven, people will only see the real you. They're not going to care. They're not going to be distracted. They're not even going to notice everything that we put such an investment in today. Ephesians 2 and 5. I think you're ready for this verse now paul is speaking he said even when we were dead in trespasses so although we existed that's all we did was exist we existed but we were alienated from god or the life of god separated and there is a difference between existing and living are you ready to start living instead of just existing yeah This is what this book is all about, helping us to do this. He said, even when we were dead in trespasses, we were embalmed, at least from God's perspective, in the most deadly and repulsive substance possible. I mean, this was... Running through our veins, if you will trespasses and, and, and sins and and then after that it was like we were buried under 36,000 feet of water in the deepest part of the ocean and in a mile of concrete This was the type of distance and the type of wall between us and our God You see the greatest Miracle God's ever done was not creation when he made everything out of nothing why? because nothing is neutral nothing is unresistant nothing is disinterested nothing doesn't put up a fight the greatest miracle god has ever done is when he takes hold of uh, of you and i and he causes good to come out of bad not when he made something from nothing but when he takes good out of evil that's his miracle working power Thank you. and we're talking about the new creation now the the original creation was creation wow. but this new creation is even greater yeah. because he he reverses this thing and again he, he makes good out of, out of what's evil then he says he made us what alive together with who christ this is important the message of the gospel is not what many of us have been trained to think the message of the gospel is not God trying to make bad people good even though that does happen the message of the gospel is that God wants to make dead people live that's the miracle of the book when you're born again born from above when you experience the new birth you become the starring participant in the greatest comeback since lazarus in fact the narrative of Lazarus begins to pale compared to what god does in us when we give our life to him because what he did with Lazarus was not permanent he got him out of the the tomb but then he grew older and he died again But what he does with us, he caused the dead to live and we shall never die. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Stay with me. Paul is speaking again. Therefore, from now on, we we regard no one according to the flesh. And we got to stop looking at people just from the outside in. Surely you notice the package. You can't miss the package. But our attention has to be the dignity on the inside. And Paul is speaking. He's Actually, he's correcting himself. He's talking about his journey. He said, even though we had, had known Christ according to the flesh, before his conversion, all he could see was, was Jesus' humanity. That's the only thing he saw. The guy that, that talks like he's something, and he just looked at him in the flesh. he thinks he all that, and that, that's all he He saw yet now we know him thus no longer and what happened was the holy spirit helped paul return to 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 the way it's supposed to be he saw jesus instead of from the outside in god helped him to see him from the inside out instead of just a great teacher just a guy that performed miracles again he he began to see people and that that's what we got to learn to do Is see past the exterior see past what seems to be obvious and and see into really what's what's most valuable The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure is not the vessel It's what's in the vessel How many of you Go to the store and buy a coca-cola for the can No You buy it for what's in And we're spending all this money, all this time trying to beautify the bottle, the can. Never paying any attention to the real stuff that's supposed to be coming out from within. John 14, 9. A lot of moving around. I know it's like Bible study. All right. How many of y'all honest people? Yeah. How many of y'all thinking people? Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're a thinking person, when you read the Bible, you have to come to, to one or two, two conclusions here. Either Jesus is the son of God, or he's the ultimate egomaniac. When you read the things he says, you really can't come to either conclusion, except, you know, he's either one or the other. He can't come to both is what I'm trying to say jesus said to him have i been with you so long i want you to notice the tone of sadness as well as caution here with philip have i been with you so long and yet you have not known me philip you may know my name but you still don't know my story philip you're still living and seeing things like ordinary men and women and you remember jesus at at philippi uh, i'm sorry caesarea where uh he said well who do men say that i am people looking from the outside but then he said well well guys who do you say that i am and then when peter responded what did you say well 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 well, the father in heaven must have revealed that to you why because why did he get such applause he said blessed are these simon barjo why did god applaud him because he was finally seeing from the inside out instead of the outside in everybody else yeah. So Jesus from the outside But Peter started seeing from the inside. side He said How have I not been with you so long and I can imagine the tension and and, and, and the sadness and, and Jesus' voice, imagine, voice, imagine the, the, the loneliness of, of, of having such immeasurable greatness and, and holiness, but, but it's not grasped by those nearest and dearest to you. He said, have I been with you so long, man, and if, if you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know. He's like, hey, man, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. Don't you get it by now? And he said, he said, he who has seen me has already seen the father. So duh, how can you ask such a silly question? Show us the father. Can't you see the obvious? Or you're still stuck looking at me from the outside in instead of inside out back to 2nd Corinthians 5 and 16 he said therefore from now on he said I learned my lesson I don't do it anymore we regard no one according to the flesh even though we have known Christ according to the flesh or even though we did it with him yet we, we do thus no longer so he had to stop judging people based on outward appearance and and seeming capabilities why because when christ is on the inside it completely changes your potential it changes everything that you, you your limitations are everything shifts so you can't judge people by their education level their financial level you you can't judge people by their gender you you can't you can't judge people that way anymore because there's treasure on the inside that comes from heaven And you'll miss what's on the inside if you get stuck on the outside. They said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not just reformed, not just rehabilitated, not just reeducated, but recreated in Christ. You are a miracle of major significance and proportions. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.